Hey, welcome home. We're Jeremy and Sarah, and you are watching Legacy Television. We're glad you joined us today. In just a moment, we're going to go back over to the studio and pick up uh, in the message where we left off last week. And if you missed any of that broadcast, you can always go download and watch it uh, from our app, the Legacy Studios app. Before we go over there, though, what I want to do today is I want to read something to you from the latest issue of the Legacy Letter. This is actually an excerpt from one of Sarah's articles in this magazine. You don't you don't mind if I do this to you? Oh, no. Okay, let go me ahead. read this to you out of the Legacy letter. She said, I've learned that if I want God's best in my life, it won't just fall on me. I have to press for it. I have to go after it. Pressing into God is not the same thing as putting pressure on people. She said, I'm talking about possessing a kind of faith that presses into his presence, faith that presses into prayer, faith that presses into praise, and faith that presses into his plan. Listen to this. She said, this kind of faith will press beyond its natural boundaries, lay hold of a promise with both hands, and refuse to let go. I read that today and that just really stirred me up and I wanted to share that with you. And I want you to make sure you, you're getting the legacy letter because um, these articles are full of the word of God. They're full of life and we want you to have them. It's absolutely free. So go to our website, pearsonsministries.com and sign up today for the legacy letter. We're gonna get into the word today, but let's pray first before we begin. Father, we love you today. Thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. We open our ears you, to hear you. We open our hearts to understand what you have for us. We open our eyes to see deeper and to see Jesus um, with a more broad view of who he is and the revelation of what we have in him. So we, we ask you to show us all that we need to see and answer all the questions of people that are watching all over the world today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalm 68, notice what it says. You've heard this before. God does what? He sets the solitary. What's a solitary? Someone who's alone. Someone who has nobody. And what does he do? He takes the solitary and he sets them in a family. He sets them in a house. We talked the other night about how that word household, when you read about it there in Galatians, the household of faith, you look that up and you find, of course, it means what you think it does, a house, a family. But one of the, one of the definitions of that word implies intimacy. Intimacy. The solitary lack above all intimacy. And God is all about changing that. If you know anything about your Bible, and everybody in here does, you know that God is all about your roots and your family. That's what this is. It's a, it's a father and his family. It's not a religion. It's not, it's not a religion. It's not, it's not a recitation of doctrine and theology. It's a father and his family. He's big on family. He's so big on family. He's so big on it that one of the things he does is he takes people that have none, picks them up, and puts them in a family. You and I have been put in a family. Again, the family of God, yes, that, that, that overarching, overreaching family of God, the global body of Christ. But we have been put in a family within that family haven't we? How many of you would say God put you into, into a place where you were feeding on the word like you couldn't get it somewhere else? 
I know. I know I have. I know God put me in that. He put me in that family. But notice this. He sets the solitary in families and connected to this, he brings out those who are bound. Bound. Tied up. Restricted. Uh, an inability to to move, to reach, to do anything. And he takes those who are bound, and what's he do? He brings them into what? Into what? Prosperity. Prosperity. Okay, now catch this. You, being in the family that he put you in, has everything to do with your prosperity. Everything. Now, one of the things you're not going to have to do right now is just get it out of our head that prosperity equals money. That's a part of it. Don't get me wrong. It is, a, it is absolutely a part of it. But if that's all you can see when you think that word, then that's way short-sighted and you're missing out on the fullness of it. Prosperity, prosperity is, let's stick with this roots and tree thing we got going on here. Prosperity is flourishing. Prosperity is fruit bearing. That's the language Paul used when he wrote to his partners who had just sent him this huge gift. He said, I rejoiced that your care for me has flourished again. It sprouted up. You look it up and it literally means it sprouted, and I think this is funny, sprouted green. And he's talking about an offering. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sprouted green. It flourished. Your, your, your care for me flourished. You know the rest of that verse? He said, not that you didn't care, but that you lacked what? Opportunity. Opportunity. So these people had a heart to give all along, but they lacked opportunity. What'd they lack? Well, you can't give if you don't have anything. So here's a new way of seeing money. When it comes into your hand... That's opportunity. Oh, he just gave me opportunity to give. He just put something in my life. I've got an opportunity. Who am I supposed to reach out and touch with this? Because when you take a generous heart and you add opportunity to it, you got somebody who can change the world. And that is not an exaggeration. God takes the solitary and he sets them in families. He brings out those who are bound. They're restricted. And he brings them into prosperity. And if you've got something, you can do something with it. If you're all bound up, you're tight. All oh, things are tight right now. Mm. I just don't know if now's a good time. Things are pretty tight. And if you've got a heart to give, then you hate it when it's tight. And you, there's this thing in you that's going, this is not God's will for me. There's this thing in you that says, my God is good. My God is faithful. My God desires to be, to to bless me and enrich me. And things are too tight right now. And you get before the Lord and you say, Father, I am a giver. And your word says you supplied seed to the sower. So if you will bring me out of this tightness and create opportunity for me to give, I will give this. That's where, that's where your prosperity starts. It's flourishing. It's fruit bearing. It's like we said the other night. You can't take a branch off a tree, break it, and try to stick it on another one. And I think this is happening. People get excited about 
a revelation or they get excited about something that's going on in this body, this part of the body over there, or this part of the body of Christ over here. And, and, and without realizing it, they're, they're disconnecting from what gave them life. I'm not saying all you can ever listen to is a message on faith. That's, you know I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah. You understand that. But I will say that for you and I, let me speak to the ministers, there is a difference between, there's a difference between a student and a teacher. Right? Yeah. A student gets to go to a university, take this class, take that class, learn about this, learn about this, major in that, minor in this, right? Extracurricular that, just take it all in, right? But a professor, a teacher, their job, their assignment, their calling, if you will, is to be proficient in one thing, isn't it? So for you and I as ministers, we have an assignment. And if we are of the household of this kind of faith, we got to be feeding on this stuff. We have got to be feeding on it and feeding on it and feeding on it and feeding on it. Now, when it comes to you and I just growing and, and seeking the Lord in this area of our life, in this area of our life, man, God's been so good. He's put teachers in the body. You want to learn about grace. You want to learn about uh, family. You want to learn about prosperity. You want to learn about any, any number of these things, any of the goodness of God in manifestation in the earth right now. It's at your fingertips. You can go get it right now and grow in it. But I'm asking you, are you staying plugged in to your root, to what gave life to you. And the temptation is to see somebody flourishing on another tree and think, man, I like that. That fruit looks good. Snap. And try to take it over and stick it on the tree. It didn't work. Stick it on the tree. Take his duct tape. Stick it on the tree. And it's not bearing anything. It's not bearing any fruit. Why? Because you're trying to set yourself in a family that God didn't set you in. Your prosperity and my prosperity. I'm telling you, it's in this house. It's in this house. He put you here, guys. He set you in this and gave you an assignment to, to live it and to teach it, preach it. Your prosperity is in it. Your prosperity is in it. Okay. Okay, Lord, now what? <laughs> what did it say? The rebellious will dwell in a dry land. What's something looking at Josh and Joey, uh, Josh and Lacey, and Sarah and I? We've, who's worked with teenagers in here? Okay, that's nearly all of us at one time or another. Devon, yeah, we did it together, man. Teenagers, you know a rebellious teenager when you see one. They're characterized by their desire to be separate. Aren't they? I want to be alone. Come on, get in here with us. Everybody's having fun. I want to be alone. Call them loners, right? Rebellious. 
Anything that everybody else is doing, I'm not into it. Why? Just because they are. That's, that's a wrong heart. That's a wrong attitude. That's rebellious. Notice what happens. They dwell in a dry land, producing nothing, no prosperity there. No prosperity there. Why on earth would you, you and I ever try to disconnect from what gave us life? Huh? Why would we try to do that? I mean, He set us in a family. And you know what solitary feels like, don't you? I mean, I'm looking around this crowd and I know so many of your stories. So many of you guys moved to places where your family wasn't. Right, Jordan, Melissa? I mean, you left a place and went somewhere. Did y'all know anybody in Oswego, Illinois? Not a soul. Did you know anybody up in the Northeast in New Jersey or, no, where were you? Uh, yeah, what? what? In New Hampshire, one of the new ones, yeah. Seriously, I mean, you were like in the frozen tundra up there, man. You guys, did you know anybody in Powell when you left? I mean, so you know what the feeling of solitary is like. You know what that's like to feel alone. That's when you got to come back to this and realize I'm not alone. He set me in a family. But you know as well as I do, family has quirks. Family has stuff. And there's a temptation to try to separate from it at times. And you, and you think, well, that was good for then. What's for now? Baby, it's the same Jesus for every generation. And the same Jesus that rocked the world 40, 50 years ago and 100 years before that and 2,000 years before that is what's going to do, what's, what's going to do it now. It's going to be you and I clinging to what gave us life. Okay. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Where do you want to go, Lord? You name it. Uh, put up Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 for me. Colossians 2, verse 6. We'll read a couple verses here. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Next verse. Verse 7. Rooted, He said. Rooted and built up in Him and established in what? Faith. In what? Faith. Established in the faith. Now you're going to read that and think established in Christianity. And of course, of course, we're established in our relationship with Jesus. But this word faith here in Colossians is the exact word in Hebrews 11. Now faith is. What's that, Brother Hagen? Now faith is. What's that, Brother Copeland? Now faith is. Right? That's the same faith, that dependence on God, that bold, brash, unwavering, uncompromising dependence upon the Word of God to do what the Word said it would do to heal your body and to, right, to raise you up. That's the same faith. And to get established in that, get rooted in that, get built up in that as you have been taught. As we've been taught, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving, getting rooted in that faith. Yeah. Now go to Ephesians chapter 3. I want to show you what a big deal this is to God when He starts talking about roots. Roots, where you come from, what gives you life. 
what gave life to you. Here he says he's talking about being rooted in your faith. In Ephesians chapter 3, is everybody hanging with me? I wish I had more stories or something. People (laughs) like stories, but Ephesians chapter (laughs) 3. Let's just start at... uh, We'll start at verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom... Oh, here we go. Oh, thank you, Lord. I didn't see this till right now. From whom the whole family... From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. How? How? Dwell, make his home, abide, stay, be planted. That Christ would dwell in your hearts through your faith, faith in him. That's something you and I have to do, faith people, is every time we see faith, either mark it in your Bible or make a note of it in your own thinking, that every time you see the word faith in Scripture, add in him after it. Because that's what it is. Faith is nothing if it's not in Him. It's nothing if it's not in Him. Faith in Jesus. He dwells in your hearts because you put faith in Him that you being what? What? Rooted. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Being rooted in this. That love would be the thing yeah. that gave yeah. life to you. Yeah. Yeah. That love would be what nourishes you up, that builds you up, that establishes you and edifies you. That you'd be rooted in this. Man, I get, you get this picture of being rooted that no matter what winds come that blow you this way and you move a little bit because you're rooted though, you stay where you're at. And they push you this way, but you're rooted. If you're rooted in love, then let the persecution come. If you're rooted, not not necessarily just in me and my love for you. And that's so much what we hear, I think, sometimes when we hear about the love of God. It's about you walking in love. You need to walk in love. You need to walk in love. Walk in love, I said. Walk in love. And you get home from that sermon, you're thinking, man, he's right. I got to walk in love. Walk in love. Walk in love. Come on. Come on, walk in love, Dad. Come in. Walk, walk in love. You're going to walk in love today. You're going to walk in love all day, all day, all day. You're about to be the biggest jerk you have ever been in your entire life. Why? Because you are requiring something from yourself of yourself. But it's not about you making a demand on you. It's about you knowing how much you are loved, filling up with that, and then overflowing with it. Being rooted in it. Rooted and grounded in how much He loves you. And that you'd be able, verse 18, to comprehend with all the saints. Comprehend. Have a working understanding of it. I drive a car, but I have no comprehension of how it works. I don't know what happens when I put that key in and I turn it. I'm just not one of those guys. Maybe some of you are. Congratulations. Maybe you're like Nate Schlegel over here. I call him an actual man. That's what I call Nate. He he can build stuff, and it's amazing. It's just not me. 
He's got a comprehension of it though, right? Understanding how it works and what makes it work and if something's not working, why? That's what a comprehension will do. And he says, I want you to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ. My God, what would happen if all the saints knew how much they were loved. Can I tell you what would happen? Faith. Faith would happen. Because faith works by love. Or I'll say it like this, faith works when you know how much you're loved. Hey, thank you so much for listening.